the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Any questions? Please bring them on. I'm going to be starting some new media projects soon. More on that soon. Um, so don't be shy, I think is the number one thing that I'll always say. Um, I think there's a lot going on at this point in time. And uh, I think there's a lot of things for us to ch- chat about. Um, there's a fantastic article if you want to like understand how my mind works, the things that I find fantastic and wonderful and surprising. If you Google 36 questions to fall in love with, the author of an essay basically uh, said that when you're attracted to someone, you say you're into them and you're feeling it. Spontaneity is key. One partner is expected to initiate sex and marriage proposals when the feeling's right. Um, It's a pretty great New York Times column called Modern Love where... There was a study done, if you put two strangers together and have them ask a series of questions that ramp up more and more intimacy. Um, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it shows you that, like, you could basically fall in love with anyone. Um, and, you know, one of the questions was, for instance, share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. And you suddenly you're like, I'm feeling close to that person. Um, so can strangers fall in love with 36 questions? And I think when you start thinking like that way, you start getting the concept of investing may not be what you think it is because love isn't what you think it is. For instance, love is given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want to have as a dinner guest? That's a perfect first date question, right? And for those of you who are single, I'm giving you, you know, a cheat sheet of 36 questions to ask to make that person fall in love with you. Um, you know, would you like to become famous and why? And, you know, I think, for instance, my answer to that one is, what do I want to become famous? I don't want to become famous. I want to be known for my work. Um, but I can tell you as a guy who does radio and television, and I do television one, two, three, four times a day. Um, I get recognized by it because sometimes people are in bed making whoopee and they look up and there I am. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, quick, turn it off. <laughs> His head is gigantically large for a human being. Um, so, yeah, I'm on the 10 o'clock news, the 8 o'clock news. Like, I'm, I'm everywhere. It's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of me, and I'm ready to move past it. Uh, but I would like to be known for my work. And, you know, every now and then, you know, there's a girl in the coffee room today named Julia. She goes, a couple of weeks ago, you gave advice about how your dad used to reward you financially for reading and uh, for doing things like how many trees could you pick out today? And, you know, I'd go around the city and I'd write down, you know, what the street was and what tree was on it. And uh, my dad was pushing me to learn, which, you know, I think it's, it is what it is. Um, another intimate question you can ask your loved one is, or potential loved one, stranger, what would constitute a perfect day for you? 
And like everyone's going to have like a, a romantic tie towards that. And then you marry that person, you have a couple babies and suddenly you're on the couch drinking yourself into a frenzy just so you can kill the pain of not actually having that perfect day ever again where you sat on Chrissy Field with a blue blanket and had some champagne. Name three things that you and your partner appear to have in common. That's a good question. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. This is where you hit like all the highlights. I was, you know, born into a, uh, my dad was a military man and, you know, we went overseas and we were in Turkey and Germany and Japan and Greece and we traveled the world, if you call Virginia the world. And uh, I got to meet a lot of unique people and, uh, you know, second grade, my best friend didn't speak any English. That was kind of a worldly experience. And you kind of leave out the dark parts, right? So your partner starts to fall in love with you, but round two questions get a lot more intimate. What does friendship mean to you? What roles do love and affection play in your life? Um, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? And it's, you know, set three questions, the final, you know, uh, 12. You say, complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. Um, when was the last time you cried in front of another person or by yourself? Uh, what is too serious, if anything, to be joked about? And you can tell that I'm not in love because I think everything could be joked about. Um, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing? I don't find death disturbing. Like, see, this is where you could start seeing that I don't have intimacy and I don't have... And this is why I'm a good, good investor, because I don't get emotional. Um, so when my dad died, it was, to me... You know, I felt bad for my mother, not for him. And I felt, you know, like he had taught me a lot of great and a lot of bad. And some of the bad you just don't want to ever do. If you have kids, for instance, go to their friggin' fragging soccer games. If you have kids, you know, pay attention to them. They're not accessories. Um, if your house containing everything you own catches fire, after saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item, what would it be and why? Now, this is funny because that question <clears throat> was one that... My first wife was interacting with another person, and uh, he was French, and he was from Louis Vuitton, Louis Hennessy. He was old enough to be her dad, and uh, we lived in a flat in San Francisco, and she just happened to leave her laptop on one night, and I have insomnia, so I'm out on the patio trying to cool down because I tend to heat up at night and I like to cool down, and I saw on the computer, like, what three things would you grab if there was a fire? <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Let's see what that's about. And sure enough, it was her interacting with a guy who was promising to take her to Dubai, which sucked. Um, but of the three things she would catch grabbing a fire, one was like an Ed Carolyn Poe book. One was, um, I don't know, her phone so she can call him. And one was something stupid. You know, like my my wallet so I can pay for things. And uh, I asked her the next day, I said, if there's a fire, could you at least wake me up? You don't have to grab me, but could you at least wake me up? And we went through a divorce mediator and we were separated essentially a month later and six months later we were divorced. So, uh, so sometimes intimate questions with inappropriate people are not a good thing. Uh, just throwing that out there for you. Just throwing that out there so that when you take these 36 questions, you're not trying to make a total stranger fall in love with you if you have a spouse or a loved one on the other side of it. Uh, 
if you know what I'm saying. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, I bring that story up. Um, obviously, you know, one of the best pieces of advice is advice. Listen to me, advice is you can ever get is how can you be rich? And the way to be rich is same house, same spouse, same car. Uh, I always drive cars that are beneath me. And I've always said, like, when I turn 50, I'm going to get a Tesla. And what's kind of funny about that now is Teslas, when they first came out, they were kind of cool because no one had one. And now I want a Bugatti. <laughs> like, I've, I've changed my game. I've changed my price point. Um, and if I can get that sound on my car, on my brand new car, come on down. Um, I would love it. So same house, same spouse, same car. That's how you get wealthy. And, uh, anyway, Google New York times column, 36 questions to fall in love. I think you'll be amazed. Like there's not a lot of love in love. There's just a science of knowing what to ask. Same thing with investing. There's not a lot of like smarts in it. There's just a, a way to play the game so that you can get wealthy over time. I'm online at robblackshow.com, Rob Black Show. I've got a big seminar coming up in Burlingame. You can sign in for free using the code RADIO25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLensource.com. Sounds like you've got the black lung. (laughs) No, I'm okay. I'm too many donuts. Did you... Partake in a donut today because it's donut I'm, day. I'm actually pushing for donut no! week, not just donut day. Donuts. Donuts. That was actually me. I do a really good homer. I think everyone does a homer. Go! 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. I saw an article this week about mortgages. And they're basically creating what are called zombie homeowners. Um, because right now, if I chose that I wanted to retire, Tony, I would have to sell, or I don't have to sell, but I have a property that's got a 3.25% mortgage rate. And it just kills me, the idea of going to 4%. It just kills me, so I want to keep the mortgage. Um, do you think there's any truth to that? A little bit. It's hard to get rid of it. I was having, yeah, co- I was having coffee, so I can't talk about coffee. <laughs> Would you like some coffee? I would like some coffee. And a donut. And a donut. Yeah, thank you. So um, I don't have a problem with the down payment. I have a problem giving up a mortgage that's yeah. no cost of mortgage. And, uh, you know, time and time again, you'll see that, you know, when people are in the middle of house hunting, they the one thing that they don't think about is, like, they're like, they're worried about the price, $850,000 versus, well, you're going to have to bid nine hundred ten to have any chance of getting it. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But you also are getting into the lowest cost mortgage of your life. There, there is a, you know, it's an easy formula that you can calculate. Let's say interest rates have been averaging four percent, and if rates drop to three and a half percent, that half a percent equals a certain buying power or additional um, uh, purchase price that you can afford with your same down payment. So there's. People are seeing this, Rob. They're seeing the low interest rates. They're saying, I can buy more. Um, what happens if interest rates go up? It's going to cut into the buying powers. So there's a theory out there that buying home prices at its peaks with low interest rates can 
hurt people in the long run, and you do become that zombie homeowner. Because you're locked into that house. You have no other, you can't get out. Maybe you don't want to sell and lose a little bit of the down payment you put into it if home prices stagnate or fall. So what do you do? Um, you find other places to put your money into. Um, maybe you put it into a rental property somewhere else in a second tier city. I, I think people are starting to think that way. Okay. I most mainly hear you. But uh, one of the things I kind of want to extrapolate on this is that a lot of people don't realize what a gift a 3% mortgage is, 3.5%, uh, 15 year, 30 year. That right now they're just incredibly cheap. Back in the 1980s, you were paying double digit interest rates. Um, so your home wasn't going up double digit interest rates and you, you had to pay it. And if you look at the graph, they've only come down since then. Right. So, um, so I think we're creating some zombie shareholders or zombie homeowners, so to speak. Um, one thing that I, I believe in when interest rates are so low, don't prepay it. It's in the world of financial expertise. Uh, you pay off any debt over 8%. In the last 30 years, the S&P 500's averaged 10% return. So any debt over 8%, you're, it's not bad. It's pretty good to pay that off uh, even before you invest. Yeah, I think the only twist to that is somebody who's looking at less than 20% down because 20% down gets you into the best rates. Right. All right. A little bit more money down gets you a little bit better rates, but 20% down is your goal. The only time I would consider putting more money in is if you're less than 20% down because of the rate of return on that investment to get rid of a mortgage insurance or get rid of a high interest second loan or what they call lender paid mortgage insurance where your rate is higher. So I would just look at those numbers, see if it does make sense to maybe get a, we're seeing a lot of gifts, Rob, that, that help people in this situation. And they say, okay, my payment's a little bit lower. I can pay that gift back a little quicker. That doesn't make sense paying back a gift, but a lot of people do. Um, That's because the lender doesn't like hearing, I'm giving you a loan. They're giving you a gift. So a lot of people do pay back their gifts. Okay. But that that would be the only twist to your whole don't pay off a mortgage early. But try to start that low interest rate early Okay, and lock it in. What I'm also seeing a lot of people now do is that they get into their first home. And because the interest rate's so low, they don't want to pay it off. And they go, you know what? I could rent it. Um, I'm going to go buy a second house, the, the house that I really want. And... uh Maybe they take a little home equity line of credit out, uh, borrow a little bit of money, put it down on a second home. That's the home that they want to grow into. And suddenly they have a home that they're growing into and a little bit of real estate, which I think is a, a lovely thing. So I'm pro that. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Um, 80% of millennials report that they want to buy a home. Yet 68% have less than $1,000 saved. Yeah. That's a great... That's just, it's, it's like spitting in the wind. Um, it's just fun to watch from a distance. Yeah. I think that all the, the whole story is about the people's ability to save money, especially millennials for a down payment. And it takes a long time in some cases. That's why a lot of lenders, a lot of people were against privatization of mortgages, but it's kind of what we're seeing in the portfolio market, meaning that outside of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, there are a lot of programs that allow you low down payment, even in the jumbo territory. And and lenders are recognizing that it's harder and harder for people to save money, especially in a high rent environment, high student loan environment. Uh, even though interest rates are low on like credit cards and car loans, and it's still the debt is mounting up and it's harder to save that money. There's 5% down jumbo loans. There's 10% down jumbo loans. There's um, first and second loans that can get you into a pretty much any 
property here in the, or at least median home price in the Bay Area with, you know, 10, 15% down. And the, the lenders are recognizing this. So, um, it's not going to get any easier as home prices keep rising and wages aren't keeping up. So I think we're going to keep seeing a little bit more of these products coming out. We're aiming most of our business, not most of our business, but a lot of our attention towards the low down payment, high wage earner renter right now. The problem is with the millennials and they're the kind of the, the wave of next home buyers is that they have $1.3 trillion in student loans. Um, and they're starting to get a little sloppy with paying them back. Not horrible yet, but it's getting sloppier than it was in the past. So you may want to own a home, but owning a home in San Francisco or San Diego or Los Angeles, you might have to save for 20 years to get the down payment, to get a good loan that you feel comfortable with. The average homeowner to this day is 38 times wealthier than a renter. So just think about that. It does pay to have a home. You can find Tony Mendez if you want to get a loan. At BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Shocking headline coming. Are you ready? I'm not Taylor Swift. But I could probably write music. No, no, no. No, no, no. I could probably write really bad poetry. Say I just what? need someone to do the music and to sing it for me. Because when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. And when you're 15, feeling like nothing's to figure out but count to 10, take it in, this is life. Before you know who you're going to be, 15. Okay, right? I know you're saying that's really, that was a dramatic reading, Rob. It kind of was. Why in the name of heck would I be talking about Taylor Swift? Um, do you know how much money she made last year? Uh, do you want to take a quick guess? So, she was one of the highest paid musicians of 2016. Okay. Um, she was actually the highest paid. So, she smashed the Rolling Stones' North American touring record. She sold millions of albums. She had seven-figure endorsements with Keds, with Diet Coke, with Apple. Um, $170 million last year. Um, And I throw that out there because she's not just a singer-songwriter, but she's a brand. And I push you to figure out what is your brand. Uh, My brand is, and no one could beat me on radio with this, is I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you, you know, straight up, uh, I'm not going to pull any punches. If you haven't saved enough for retirement, I'm going to tell you. So she pulled in 170 million bands. Boy band, One Direction, pulled in 110 million. Um, That's the top earning boy band of all time, but that's also four or five guys until Zayn left. I'm so, so, so embarrassed that I know the name Zayn. Um... So they have to split that money, and there's a manager, and there's a lot of people there. Again, really? same thing with Taylor Swift. Um, Madonna came in, well, Adele came in third, pulling in $80.5 million. Madonna took the fourth spot at seventy six point five with her Rebel Heart Tour. Um, and then Rihanna pulled in $75 million to hit number five. Not too shabby. Now, again, that's all pre-tax income. <laughs> so... 
you better pay your taxes, but there's ways not to pay taxes, and that's what wealthy people do. They figure out what states to incorporate in, what states to live in. Um, you know, why do so many celebrities and athletes have homes in Florida? Because in lawsuits, they can't take your home. Uh, things along those lines. you got to figure this stuff out. So, Taylor Swift, I tip my hat to you. And uh, I think she's 23, right? She's somewhere around there. How old is Taylor Swift? Um, and I'll be honest with you. I think she's managing her brand in kind of a silly way now. She's 26 years old. Um, how many more years does she have uh, until she's not over the hill? But until she's not, you know, Ariana Grande is 23 years old, Justin Bieber's 22 years old, you know, how long until Taylor Swift becomes too old, right? So she's managing that brand really, really, really well, but uh, her love interest thing is kind of getting kind of silly. So she needs to change the story there ever so slightly. So manage your brand. Let's bring in a brand of a CFP. He's smart, he's intelligent, he's one of a kind. Uh, CFP Chad Burton. Let's talk pillars of retirement income planning. CFP Chad Burton has a list at his website, newfocusfinancial.com, that you can go and download. We do some webinars based on this because it's a lot of good hardcore content that needs to be fleshed out. Let's talk about one of the items on the list and bring in CFP Chad Burton. Maximizing your marginal bracket and fighting the IRA tax trap through IRA withdrawals and Roth conversions. This sounds complicated. Yeah. It it, it kind of is, okay. um, and it's very contrarian to what a lot of people have thought about in terms of retirement planning, what a lot of um, wannabe financial advisors that are even on TV talk about, which is people focus on, I'm going to pay the least amount of taxes today, okay. rather than doing long-term projections and paying the least amount of taxes over time and having the least amount of tax legacy to your heirs. Um, and there's a very key period of time, which is between retirement age, whatever that may be for you, and age 70 and a half. At age 70 and a half, you are forced to take money out of your 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, 57, 457 plans. You have to take money out, even if you don't want to, and you have to. So the, the problem that people get into is the first several years of retirement, they spend their cash, and then they spend their taxable accounts because they think capital gains are lower. Um, and then they end up later in life with most of their money in IRAs and 401ks. And if you need to pull out, you know, 50000 for a house remodel, well, guess how much you have to pull out in order to pay taxes plus the house remodel? Right. Almost almost twice that amount. So you run into a tax trap. And then when you leave money to your heirs, the best they can do is roll it into an inherited IRA if you've done the beneficiaries the right way. But they'll stay have to pay their taxes over their lifetime. So somebody's got to pay it. And what you find out if you do t- proper tax projections once you retire is you can look and clearly see, oh, okay, I'm always going to be at the 15% bracket or the 25% bracket, whatever it may be. And you also look at the situation that says, well, I can actually take quite a bit more income than I thought and be at a 15% federal rate. And the best capital gains rate can be low, as low as zero, sometimes 10%, sometimes 15%. So what you do is you do projections and you always want to look to your IRAs first and say, how much can I pull out and maintain a 15% bracket, which is about 75 grand plus your itemized deductions in a general basis. And you always, you know, run this through with your tax advisor. Always realize that 85% of your social security is taxable. The idea here is that if you get to towards the end of the year, let's say around uh, late November, and you say, okay, I've looked at all my income sources, my dividends, my interest, my rental income, my Social Security pension, and I realize that I've got fifteen grand left at this existing bracket, and I'm always going to be at this existing bracket, 
I don't need to take that money out and spend it. So I'm going to take that 15 grand out of my IRA and convert it to a Roth. And as long as you have cash on the sidelines outside of these accounts to pay the taxes with, it's a great strategy because it'll set up an account that within five years, it's tax free to you for the rest of your life. It'll set up an account that you can leave to your kids or grandkids that's tax free for the rest of their lives. And it, and it reduces the taxes over time. So stop focusing on how can I pay the least amount of taxes today? Start focusing on how can I spread the tax burden out evenly over my lifetime and pay the least amount of taxes now? Because, I mean, Rob, do you think taxes are going to go up in the, in the future? Or, or My assumption lower? is yes, except for logic tells me old people vote, and it's tough to you know raise taxes on them without them getting very upset and voting you out. But my assumption is yes. Yeah, but really old people forget to vote, right? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, good. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm actually, I feel like I just said a Rob joke. Oh, right no, now. no, no. Don't tag it on me. <laughs> Chad Burton hates old people. <laughs> I love old people. Um, we, should, we so should get a bumper sticker. <laughs> I love old people? I hate old people. And then put something <laughs> underneath it like tax burdens. Every single one of my clients is, is mad at me right now. <laughs> no, they're not. Everyone that's is listening. So. They know this is now something we have to talk about you know the burdens on society things we promised yeah and i think that you know hopefully there'll be at some point in life a uh, clarification of the tax code but we have created a a lot of debt and i think debt to gdp is it's grown but it's still not anywhere close to japan levels right um but there's going to be there's going to have to be changes when it comes to social security medicare medicaid in california that's called medi-cal um, there's got to be some changes to fund that. Now, hopefully it's changes at the fiscal level that create growth, but there's probably going to be a little bit of that plus a little bit of increase in taxes. Because when I got into the business, Rob, in uh, back in the early 90s, capital gains taxes were 27%. They're 15%. If you make a certain amount of income lower than the 15% bracket, the capital gains can be even less. So this is the lowest tax structure I've seen in my over 22 years in the business. Um, so that tells me that because of the debt that we see and because of the aging population, we'll likely see higher taxes. So that's why it's an issue of, let's look at those IRAs. Those IRAs, 401ks, things like that, they're a ticking tax time bomb. If you let them continue to grow and grow and grow until you're forced to pay the taxes either at 70 and a half or when you die, then part of your income projection, you're planning a retirement, the first step to, before you can answer the question, which accounts do I draw from first? You have to look at your IRA strategy. And uh, look at, um, you know, which, how much should I take out? And then you can target the accounts, the other accounts to draw from in addition to your IRAs. Gotcha. CFP Chad Burton, we're talking the pillars of retirement income planning. He has a resource, i.e. a PDF that you can go download off his website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And we do webinars and seminars on content like this and similar to it, which you can see at his website, newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't ever be shy. Give me a call. Ask me a question. Like I said, Chad's got a lot of good content at his website uh, that's downloadable and gives you time to check it out. All I really, really want the show to do is get people to retirement. And at times when there's money to be made, we'll make money together. At times when there's money to be saved by not making a mistake, we'll do that together. Uh, but at some point in time, maybe in retirement, tip a, a glass of champagne to me or something along those lines. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And here's the $170 million income earner. She's paying a lot of taxes, I hope. Uh, With that said, 
when you're 15, it's something kind of cool. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you telling people what I do and that I'm out there. Anytime you could give me some free press, that's great. For instance, if you've got children, have them listen to a show. But even more importantly, if they're in their 20s or 30s, have them email me and say, hey, my mom or dad said to drop you an email. And you might be able to give me some ideas. I've got an email that I've been using for a couple years that's, I think, simply amazing. Um, it's twenty things. It's it's ten things to do in your twenties. Um, it's not super complicated, um, but I think it's a good start to start thinking about money and what you might be forgetting or missing out on. So, if you have kids, have them email me, and like I said, I'll do my very very best to give you some good, solid information, whether you're in your 20s or in your 30s. I know there's a lot of people right now in their 30s who have saved not one single penny. And I'll be honest with you, you're probably going to retire poor, or you hope you're going to inherit well. And I can tell you that doesn't always work out. So be cautious on that one. Um, Let me give you an example. I've got a friend who, she's got a sister, so it's two sisters. And her parents inherited $1.4 million from, I guess, her grandparents, right? And this is a sad story because money started getting spent like it's never been spent before. Uh, my friend's parents were teachers and government workers. So the government worker has a great pension, great pension. So when $1.4 million comes in, you pay taxes and everything on that. You know, everything's you know, lined up correctly. Uh, you start telling people, okay, I'm going to give this daughter 200000 this daughter 200000 So suddenly a big chunk of it's gone. I'm going to give you know, $100,000 to a remodel in the house. I'm going to get a car at 60000 And then the money just starts disappearing after that. <laughs> and you don't know how, but you already see how a big chunk of it Boom, just like that was gone. Um, so the inheritance that, you know, that people thought they were going to get, they, you know, the daughter saw $1.4 million there, uh, with another million coming in later on, that's just not going to be there. Because uh, it, it got spent, you know, the, the parents are in their mid-70s, and, you know, their windfall... Instead of leaving a legacy like their parents, the grandparents left her parents, the parents don't really want to leave a legacy. So, um, and it's worthy of note. And they're not shy about that. So, uh, so if you have children, a lot of people aren't going to make it to retirement. If you have children in your 20s or 30s, have them drop me an email. And I've got some basic emails that I could send out. Again, none of them are going to change your life, like um, get insured. I don't think that's a piece of advice that's crazy, but a lot of people don't think about it. Um, renter's insurance is important. Homeowner's insurance is important. Car insurance is very important, especially to shop around. So not only how much are you spending, but how much coverage you get. 
Um, I use Geico and USAA, and I've changed my policy between them probably three times in the last 25 years. Um, I'm not shy about that. So uh, my homeowners, I, I get an amazing rate through USAA. I don't know if you ever watched the commercials, but uh, they're the commercials where it goes, my dad served, or it's because my dad served. And it's, you know, and I'm proud to be an American. USAA is one of those groups that is set up to give veterans um, health care, not health care, but insurance benefits. And they do a really, really nice job. Um, and it's it, it's weird because um, I'm thankful for my dad for, you know, half of his genetics. I'm thankful that, you know, he had six kids because I was the sixth one. <laughs> I was the fifth one, excuse me. Sorry, Susan. Sorry, <laughs> didn't forget about you. Um, but that's a lot of kids in this day and age. Uh, I'm thankful for my dad for a lot of things. I, and you've heard me before. I'm, I'm bitter on a couple of things. Uh, my dad was a, a clear-cut alcoholic. He was an orphan, and he went to Vietnam twice, and he was never the same man uh, that he could have been. So he had a lot of potential that uh, had to be bottled up inside from having six kids as well as going to Vietnam. So, uh, but get your kids involved in money so that they don't turn into a disaster. You know, my dad got me involved with USAA and they're great car insurance. They're great homeowners insurance. Um, you know, at one point in time in my life, I dated, a. I tried to date. She, she was a little too, um, let's just say I, my, my testosterone was probably greater than her desire. And, uh, you know, she's real pretty, and uh, she worked for State Farm, and, you know, this was right after high school, almost before college, and uh, I remember her very, very well, and very clearly, but I remember visiting her at the State Farm Insurance office, and I was like, why do you work for State Farm? And because, like, you don't really need, and I'm just going to upset a lot of agents, a lot of agents, insurance agents, aren't needed. Some are very needed. Um, but most are not. USAA and GEICO don't really have insurance agents. They've got call centers. Um, and every time I've had an accident, they've sent out an adjuster immediately to take a look at the damage and stuff like that. Um, but they run a thinner ship than most. They're not. The middleman sometimes is that insurance agent. So anyway, like I said, you listen. I'll do my best to give you good quality information. And like, I didn't get a chance to flush out that commentary terribly well, terribly smartly there, but I think you know where I was trying to go. Don't be afraid to ask questions. My name is Rob Black. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, and Facebook. Uh, I hate Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.